Hey, this is Kat Stancic, the lead boss on the Revenue Accelerator podcast. Well, I mean, on my podcast. And today I have Amanda Abeya. Um, So I want to tell you a little bit about Amanda before we kind of get started, because um, the girl comes, or the woman, I should say, comes with some serious street cred and um, paper cred, right? So like some serious pedigree as well. So she's an award-winning content creator, which there's so many things about your experience, Amanda, that like each one of these could be its own podcast. Uh, Keynote speaker, business coach who specializes specifically in helping other business owners activate their persuasion prowess. Oh, love it. Um, So that they can make more money, obviously, right? So her clients go from hating sales and marketing, so if not to pay attention, to achieving a 90% close rate and closing multiple five-figure deals. And that's just in like 30 to 60 days. So like, guys, go ahead and do the math on that one. Um, now her work has been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, Business Insider, Univision, and many more prior to teaching marketing and sales. Amanda spent a decade as a financial writer and wrote content for companies like, oh, I don't know, Wells Fargo, Discover, Credit Karma, Stan, uh, Santander, and so many more. Now she's also partnered with companies like Capital One, TransUnion, and a bunch of other financial educations. She's a best-selling author of Make Money Your Honey and created a community over 60,000 people, 60, people across social media channels to make more money and live more a more affluent life. Amanda, thank you for coming. I don't always read everybody's bio fully, but yours was worth the read. Thank you. I hear that bio and I'm like, good God, I've done a lot in like 10 <laughs> years. I'm like, no wonder I feel tired shit. Like... <laughs> Living life, baby. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, if we boil it all down to to basically a simple statement, is you're just a sales expert. I hate the term guru, um, but you are a sales expert and authority. Let's add that one in there. So, you know, we talked a little bit before about you know kind of getting on um, about kind of people's relationship with sales, um, and you said something that was really interesting, which is people need to know how to sell. Um, you know, like. What are you seeing out there in terms of people who think they can sell and then people who can't sell? Um, Oh my gosh. I have such, I have two really good stories. So here's a story of people who think they can sell. This happened to me recently. I was trying to find a recruiter to help me expand my sales team. I was trying to find an agency. I wasn't sure what I was looking for, honestly, but they were a referral. Like someone had connected me with this person. I'm like, all right, let me just hear it. Right. And um, I basically told them what I'm looking for. I'm like, hey, I'm looking for a woman who knows how to do outbound sales. And in case you don't know, outbound is like you're going out into the marketplace and you're putting yourself in front of your prospective clients. Right. (laughs) Hashtag hashtag effort. Right. Um, And I'm like, and then she basically went on to tell me that um, it doesn't exist and then tried to, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This woman runs a sales agency and doesn't know how to sell is exactly what happened. Went on to tell me that it doesn't exist. What I'm looking for um, would not even put me in contact with a referral of um, someone who might be able to help me. Um, you know, then tried to prove herself. She's like, well, we're professional inbound fractional salespeople. And I'm like, well, first of all, I don't need a fraction of a salesperson. I need a whole salesperson. (laughs) That's number one. And then number two, like you have literally broken every fucking rule of sales and you run a sales agency, like in the last 10 minutes. Well, I mean, it feels lazy, honestly. It's I mean, and, and it just because I see this happen and you've seen it happen too, which is one of the other points that I know we talked about, which is 
this concept of like, people need to come to me, like either one, because they're triggered by the sales process. Right. And we'll get to that too. But like you shared this and I, I'm absolutely emphatically agree that most people suffer from this build it and they will come philosophy because the bro marketers out there have sold this laptop lifestyle, this passive revenue concept this, if you just do this one funnel, right, this one thing, then all of these people are going to buy and you'll make $24 million in 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, and that's transferred over into the women, right? I mean, I remember I've been in entrepreneurship since 2010. And one of my biggest frustrations was every time I went to a sales training run by a woman, and this was a few years ago now, um, it was all about like manifesting and marketing and launching, but like no one was teaching me how to close a fucking sale. And I was like, I just need to close. Like, that's it. Someone just teach me how to close. And then I had to go learn how to do that from the men. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you've, you kind of get into this duality. Now this isn't just a, you know, gendered male, female. No, not at all. It's just, we're making gross generalizations. Right. No, but it's male, female (laughs) energy, right? So where the male energy tends to be this doing right. And the female energy is, you know, being right. And so if we're looking at sales from this male, female energetic perspective, this being is the build it and they will come. So putting all this effort, putting all this time, not saying that the person is being lazy, but then kind of, kind of twiddling your thumbs and being like, well, I wrote all the email copy and I don't see sales coming through. Right. And then on the flip side, this, I'm going to make you say yes on the phone right now. And I'm going to spend two hours handling the objection. Doesn't matter what you say. I'm not going to let you hang up the phone. So like, where do you fall between those two spectrums? Cause I know you're not on either end of those. And how do you help your clients kind of learn how to sell? I love this. No one's asked me this. We actually have a lesson about um, masculine and feminine energy in sales, in our sales training, because there is a lot of confusion. You hear a lot of the the women or the more feminine energy being, we work with women. So it tends to be more on the feminine energy, Right. right? Where it's like, oh, I'm just receptive. And I'm like, great. But did you like pick up the phone today? Did you like email somebody? No, did you close I did a somebody? a bunch of stuff that was kind of related to business and the laundry. Oh my God, it got folded. <laughs> right. I, I interviewed someone recently uh, who's built a multiple seven figure network marketing sales team. And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I call that fake work. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> sure. okay. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. Um, I was like, you're not wrong about that, but okay. Um, and that, so I like to also describe it as knowing the difference between passive, assertive, and aggressive, mm-hmm. right? And this changed my life. I learned this when I was a writer. I do not remember who I was writing for. Maybe it was Mind Valley. They were one of my clients too a long time ago. I did ghostwriting for them, right? Um, I think it might've been for them and somehow stumbled upon this article in Psychology Today or something right. about the difference between passive, assertive, and aggressive. Mm. And I read it and I was like, oh my God, this is a game changer, Right. And it's like a favorite lesson. And I'm like, this applies to sales. It applies to relationships. It applies to leadership. Like this applies to everything. And it's knowing kind of where you fall on the spectrum. So like the overly feminine energy tends to fall in passive. Passive is basically like, I value myself less than the person I'm speaking with. Right. The overly, overly masculine energy tends to fall into aggressive, which is I value myself more than the person I'm speaking with. And by the way, I have seen women go into aggressive, not as often, not as often, right? But I do see it and it often looks like passive aggressive. Nice. <laughs> There's also that. Well done. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. So yeah. it could it could show up for women as passive for aggressive, sure. <laughs> right? So the goal is to get to assertive, right? Which is I value myself just as much as the person I'm speaking with. We are both like we're both equally valuable. So let me t- explain what that sounds like in sales. So in, if you're passive in sales and someone and you're like, oh, that'll be five thousand dollars, and they're like, I can't afford it. Passive looks like, um, okay, well for you, I'll do it for twenty five hundred. Mm. That's passive. Aggressive looks like the example that I started this podcast with. (laughs) Yep. And then assertive would be like, great. I hear you. I understand. Um, You're saying you can't afford it. And then you go handle the objection. Right. Yes. And I mean, I think, and, and I know knowing you enough, right. It's handle the objection when it presents itself and understanding when it's actually a real objection versus right. I'm just reacting, right? Yes. So there's reactive objections, which are this, I'm just going to say, I can't afford it because I'm freaked out. Something else in me got triggered and whatever it is. And there are times where it actually is a real and true objection. And maybe that's not the actual objection, but it, there is a, there is a real, I can't do this right now. Um, and I know, I think you agree with me. My philosophy is, is I just like to assume that the person on the other side of the line is an actual human being who's a Mm -hmm. grown ass adult who can make decisions in their business. Yes. That's exactly how I teach our clients actually. Cause, um, we have a lot of clients who came from the financial space, like Mm -hmm. because of where I started and a lot of them would get tripped up over like, well, I don't know if I want them to take on debt because a lot of them are in debt and that's why they're hiring me. And I'm like, yeah, but they're grown ass adults. They can decide to do whatever they want to do with their money. You're not their mother. They're not a child. That's number one, right? And number two, getting into debt over hiring you to figure out the shit show of money management that they have going on, you know, is very different than how they got themselves into debt in the first place. Right, right. And that what they're selling isn't something that someone's peddling, right? As some miracle cure, snake oil kind of uh, strategy that's not actually going to produce real results. Exactly. Yeah. And everybody's afraid of being that guy. So <laughs> well, and I think we are, and when we talked about feminine male energy, right. And I think that a lot of women who do tend to fall into the female energy of this, you know, receptive don't want to do what they've experienced. And we've all experienced, which, you know, I call him pitchy Pete, right. He's on LinkedIn. He comes into your DMS and pitch slaps the hell out of you right after you get connected that PTCD post-traumatic connection disorder. Um, That's amazing. And, <laughs> And we, as receiving that experience, don't want to put that on someone else. So I know this is where you come in, which is how do you sell when selling isn't something you want to do? When selling is a bad word, when selling is this negatively associated emotion. Well, I'm going to tell you what did it for me. Everybody expects like some sort of like, oh, the heavens parted and angel came down. And then suddenly Amanda knew how to sell and it was give magic. Me the, give me the entire script. That's always going to work in every single yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah. No, we get that all the time. Like our clients want to skip ahead to like the sales. I'm like, no, 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 no there's prep work right. and then sales will make sense. Okay. Calm down with the scripts. Okay. Like we got you, but calm down. <laughs> We got to do some stuff first, right? Um, but that's not what happened. What happened was Amanda got tired of being broke and she has bills. <laughs> that's what happened. And I was like, if this is a skill set I have to learn and this is the game I have to learn how to play, so be it. So then I just committed to learning sales. Now, what I will tell a lot of people is I didn't really focus on the amount of money I could make. Like, yes, I had bills to pay and that was important. I made my focus more like mastering the skill set. Mm. 
not how much money am I going to make? So when I felt uncomfortable, right, which was a lot, and still sometimes I feel uncomfortable because it's just, you know, new level, new devil, right? I kind of trick my brain into being like, great, you get practice for a new skill set (laughs) today. That's what I tell myself. I mean, I love that. I mean, you've got to look at where's the positive because was it fear and excitement register the same in the brain? And so it's really becomes a, if you're fear, you know, if you're afraid or excited, now it can become a choice and being like, all right, you know, this fear, these triggers, these things that are happening, can you turn it and flip it into something that's positive that, you know, kind of doing like an ACDC, which is how do you convert the power so that it supports you versus takes, it takes you out. Right. Yeah. The other thing is people have a, we don't understand what sales is like sales is a dirty word. And and then on top of that, you and I were talking, part of our sales training is helping people understand everybody's fucked up when it comes to money. Yeah. And I can tell you that is like, I spent 10 years doing stuff from the financial space. Everybody's messed up. No one, no one is exempt from it. Everybody's got some level of money trauma. People don't typically know how to talk about money. So money can be a very reactionary thing. Right. for people. So it's really understanding that part of it, right? Mm-hmm. To your point, knowing the difference between a reaction and something that's real, right? Right. Most people don't think about it that way. They think sales is like full of ego when in reality, if you're doing sales properly, it's ego less. Mm. It's kind of, again, it's that perspective of understanding what sales really is. You know, it's ego less, it's assertiveness, right? It doesn't have to be this black and white space where either you're you know, hyper aggressive and going and, and it was, I saw, I was reading something today about like spearing people. Like they were, they were equating outbound marketing or sales as if you were spearing your, you know, it's like saying targeting your clients. Like, can we stop right. killing our leads before we ever talk to them? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. Like we have sales targets, but I don't imagine killing our leads. And actually we use the archetype of the huntress, which comes from Artemis, right? Artemis was out in the forest, like hanging out with bears mm-hmm. is what Artemis was doing, right? right. Artemis was not like Arm- Artemis was not laying around waiting for like her food to come to her or anything like that. She's like, let me just go out there and have some fun. Right. Well, she was providing a need. It wasn't in terms of trying to be overly aggressive and all that stuff. No, not at all. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a part of it, right? Is we have a misunderstanding of money, which is normal across mm-hmm. the board. Right. And we also have a misunderstanding of sales, which is also normal and across the board. What I teach people is like all sales is, is solving problems for people. That's all it is. They have right. a problem. You have the solution. There's an objection. All right. That's just another problem that needs to get solved. That's it. That's all it is, is solving problems. I will. And I know you'll, you'll add this asterisk too, which is it's not solving their problem on the phone. It's solving the problem in terms of what is it that they need in order to solve that bigger problem. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. And in our, in our sales training where we're helping people develop their products and their messaging, mm-hmm. cause that's a big mistake. I see people don't yeah. fully understand their products and their messaging and their audiences. Right. So we have to go through like five weeks of that before I can even put train you on how to do sales. Right. Well, I mean, I think people, like you said, people want to skip to the end and they want yeah. to just go and start closing and they don't understand that there's this whole infrastructure. So you can go ahead and build the best house, but if you're building it on quicksand, it's still going to fall apart. So really understanding what that foundation is. And I loved, you know, earlier on you were talking about before we hit record, which was people don't really understand also the difference between marketing and selling. So there's this like, they're so closely intertwined, except when it doesn't work. And then they're like in opposite ends of the camp, 
right? So when it's working, it's this beautiful relationship, they're dating, they're falling in love, but you know, sometimes they start fighting. So like, how, how can people understand where the marketing starts and ends and where the sale starts so that you can get to the close? Right. Marketing gets you the lead sales, gets the money in the bank. Right. So how do marketing you- starts the process sales ends it right? right so this is how i'm seeing it happen online and, and I, I would love your opinion on this actually i've been asking everybody in the marketing space i think there and i don't think i know there's this very interesting thing happening where the consumers have gotten a lot smarter ad costs have gone up um just a whole a lot has changed since 2012 and a lot of people are out here teaching shit that worked in 2012 <laughs> No. <laughs> right it's um, why we keep getting automated messages on linkedin yeah hey insert first name <laughs> <laughs> if you're, or if you're going to use them to scale right at least like make sure it's set up right and like the the messaging sequence makes sense right um but so for example right great example linkedin you can still use one of those things right just make sure it's set up properly and then know how to have the conversation after the initial contact well, that's, that, the, that's the sales are right using the automation to go and have like and they'll set up three messages and it's just like if you don't have contacts that second message could be right off. so we don't do it with a second message here's the one right and yeah. then i go in and then i know how to have that conversation i know how to find the problems i know how to pre-qualify i know maybe it's a referral partner and that's the other thing sales doesn't just have to be money thank you Thank you. I talk about leads. So leads, most people think about it like the sales, right? Which is a lead is a client. It's very one dimensional thinking. And if you instead open up your eyes, there's like multiple dimensions in terms of a lead can be, like you said, a referral partner. It can be a um, power partner. It can be a client. It can be a JV. It can be an affiliate. Hell, it could be a friend. Right. Right. So many people are so focused on the sale that they're leaving all these opportunities behind, which is they're leaving money on the table because they're only focused on the short outcome. They're focused on the money, not mastering a skill set. Right. There we go. That's what it comes down to. So like you can do that. It's fine. You know, I understand like I'm a busy woman. I don't have time to be on LinkedIn three hours a day. Right. But know that process afterward. Right. Mm -hmm. Or for example, um, marketing might, might, you might post something and then you've got people in your DMS. We were just talking about this and then they're asking questions. Most people who don't understand sales would be like, oh, fuck these brain pickers. (laughs) I hate them. I'm right. setting You're boundaries. My time. I don't. You're wasting my time. My boundaries are going up. Like that's the conversation we have. <laughs> Just keep, keep I love talking. your face right now. Like, <laughs> Whereas if you understood sales, this is where sales comes in, right? You would know how to have a conversation where you can pre-qualify them, find out if they have a problem you can solve, find out if they have a means of paying you, and then get them on the phone and close them. But well, and you're saying this is all happening before the sales call, right? Yeah. It's happening because that's where I see a lot of people also wasting their time is they're getting on call after call after call. They're spending an hour and then they're hearing, I don't have the money. I don't have the money. I don't have the money. And it's just like, well, that's actually something you can figure out really quickly yep. before getting on a sales call, before continuing the conversation. Because here at the end of the day, it's not just about not wasting your time. You don't want to waste their time. You're in the way between them and actually finding the resource that would help them because exactly. you're not priced at a point that they can afford, right? Like then it, you, know, you can't pass go. Don't collect 200. 
Exactly. Right. So, but, so we teach people how to pre-qualify in two ways, like the application process. Right. right? But I'm also like, but sometimes you're at an event. I want you all knowing how to pre-qualify somebody on the spot and swiping credit cards in a hotel lobby. Like I do, like, you know, you need to learn how to do this on the fly too. Like, it's not always a very structured process, you know, or like people slide into your DMS. You don't have to put them through a whole process. You could figure this out in two minutes. Yep. What, what are some things that you like to use as part of your pre-qualifying process? Because I know that it's not this, you're not just your character, your energy, how you show up. It's not, Hey, do you have money in your bank account? Like no, 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 qualifying, no. Right. Like yeah. yes, it's asking a question. Yes. In, in some shit world, that is a pre-qualified question, but there's an art to the conversation, um, which is, you know, yes, there's a certain, the structure is a skill set, but then practice, like you said, mastering it, this becomes the art of the conversation. Yeah. And it's funny because we tell our clients, we teach the science and art yes. of sales because it's, it's go. two things. It's it both. Right. So um, it's really, we've ch- all seen a, 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 like, like we've seen a salesperson before and you're just, you're looking and you're just, you see them talking and you're like, just mouth gaped and being like, oh my God, it's just beautiful. And it's not like the, not the aggressive ones, but when you s- see someone in their element and just moving someone through the conversation, just with this effortless ease, right. Yeah. We were, get to. we were at Greg Cardone's offices a couple months ago, me and my number two for a sales execution workshop with their team. And, um, one of them s- was giving the example of a Mont block pen because everybody's like, sell me this pen. I have never heard someone talk about an expensive ass pay- pen so smoothly. Like all our jaws dropped. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy could sell this to like all of us in this room right now with how he, he, the artfulness of it all, you know, so they explained the structure and then he gave the example of what it sounds like. So back to the pre-qualifying question, you're really only trying to find out two things. Do they, do they have a problem you can solve? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And do they have a means of paying you? Now for the problem um, that they can solve, I know you do a lot of organic lead gen, so it's actually pretty easy, right? right? Like if they joined a Facebook group or something, and this is a real missed opportunity. People have these Facebook groups, right? And they're like, no one's buying. I'm like, did you DM them when they joined? Hashtag leaving money on the table. (laughs) Hashtag leaving money on the table. Exactly. Right. Um, But, you know, so so in our Facebook group, that's just one example, right? Like we'll DM everybody, right? We have pre-qualifying questions. Do you want us to reach out to you to teach you high ticket sales? Yes. You get one message, right? If you didn't say yes, you're getting a different kind of message, but I'm still moving you through the process. Right. Right now, people will get all messed up about that. And they'll be like, no one said yes. Right. And I'm like, but there's a different kind of message you can send to them. But they so said that- yes to joining the group. See, that's what yes. people don't understand that the yes isn't always this big X land right here. And hold on. Yes, it happens. But that's 3% of the time. So yeah. let's look at all the other missed opportunities where you're collecting these micro commitments that get you. I'm going to have to do something around this. It gets you to the big Y, right? It's like the big O. So like, (laughs) how do you get to the big Y is by, you know, I mean, it's kind of like dating, right? Like some people right off the bat, some people need a little bit more foreplay. So like, what are you doing? This has gone dirty real fast. Um, (laughs) Sales can get really dirty really fast. (laughs) You know, and it's just like, how are you kind of, you know, wooing the person? And some people just aren't ready to, to go there that fast. 
but it doesn't yeah. mean that it's no. See, like, that's the thing is just because someone says no, it doesn't mean that it's actually a no. Yeah. You know, there's two lessons or three. Le- I mean, all our lessons, people like their minds are blown. But when we start getting to sales and we teach like prospecting and pre-qualifying and like people like their brains explode because they're like, oh, my God, I've been sitting on all these leads the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, now here's how to start moving them through the process. Yep. You know, so number one, do they have a problem that you can solve? Right. So don't get on the phone with just anybody. You got to find out if they actually have a problem you can solve. You know, you do that by asking questions. Here's what most people think sales is. They think sales is talking and trying to prove yourself. Nope. Nope. It's more listening than talking. You're just asking a bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which is where I think a lot of people get triggered because this has everything to do with confidence. Yep. Yep. Everything to do, but that's what goes back to the other point. Like you got to figure out where you get triggered. So when they have a moment, when they react, you're not triggered. You're not going into it with all your own stories. Like, Oh my God, did I offend them? No, they're just having a reaction. (laughs) You know, take it, you know, sit on the sidelines. You're observing the game. You're not in it. You're observing the game. You're not in it. Exactly. I love it. I actually tell our clients, I'm like, pretend you're a social scientist. That's what sales is. Yeah. Big, like go back to the sociology, right? Go be a sociologist and go and observe and, you know, just make notes. I mean, which is what sociologists do. And then you go in and afterwards you make an assessment and be willing to make mistakes in the process. Cause I've, that's how you learn. I think a lot of people get tripped up over that too. You know, anyway, here's the thing yeah. though. Mistakes are not, uh, uh, you know, the final nail in the coffin I have seen and have personally come back from some stupid Mm-hmm. stupid mistakes to still close the deal or to get referrals from the person because yep. I was willing to acknowledge either the mistake or willing to call out the awkwardness. So I think so many people are in this place or, you know, it's the Facebook facade, right? What's this perfection thing that I have to put on? I have to act like I know everything and can do everything. Or if I don't know, I can say, I'll figure it out, whatever it is. But really everyone keeps forgetting that at the end of the day, people buy from people. Mm-hmm. There are people who do what you do. There are people who do what I do, but people buy from me and they buy from you because they like and resonate and we demonstrate the values that they may not be honoring right now. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, I I love everything about that. Um, So it really is finding the problem, right? So for example, yesterday we had one and she's in e-commerce. Great. You're not, you're not my person, but I'm not, I'm not going to get on the phone with you. Great. I might have a referral for you that I can send. Great. That's fine. That is also sales. That is just being a good human and good customer service skills. That's all that is right. Cause they can send people your way to your point. Um, they might not be a good fit, but they might know three people who are right. So there's that. The other thing is, can they pay me? That's pretty easy. Hey, what do you do for a living? People love to talk about themselves. How much do you charge for that? How much do you charge for that? Are you doing this full-time or part-time? Right. You know, very easy to find out whether or not people have some sort of means to be able to pay. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And just being open to having the conversation and not being attached to very specific outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and it's, it's that it's the attachment. You just nailed it on the head. It's the attachment to the outcome. And that's what trips everybody up. Now I understand that if you got bills to pay, cause I've been there, right. It can be really hard not to get attached to the outcome. Especially if you right? don't have the pipeline, especially ooh, say that again, <laughs> but people don't know how to build the pipeline. Well, that, right. That's part of the, yeah, that's where you come in. <laughs> 
but that, I mean, cause that has a lot to do with confidence too, because yep. when you, I mean, it's really, I, I will say one of the hardest things to do is to get out of a place of lack, right? It is so easy to talk about abundance mindset and to be in abundance and to realize like, here was a big mind fuck for me, which was, I was always talking about abundance around me and never realizing that I am abundance. The yeah. abundance already exists within me. I'm reading a book now called, um, I am prosperity. Oh. Or at least that's the affirmation by, oh, I can't remember. It's in, it's in my bedroom. Um, but so funny. I was literally reading that this week, yep. this week. So that was, that was I not- am prosperity. But one, if you, have, if that belief isn't, you know, I think cemented in you, right. Which yep. I think a lot of people it's not, and we can all waver because if a, some, you know, whatever stuff can happen, some, something can happen. The jackhammer can come and like loosen up the, the, yeah. with life, but that ability to be able to say, next, mm-hmm. when you have that sales call and being like, you know what, this really isn't a fit. And then to be able to say next, when there isn't someone there, now that's the thing, because there are so many red flags out there. Now, here's what I said the other day, which is sometimes that flag is orange, but here's the thing. It's orange because it was a red flag. That's been hanging out in the sun too long. Ooh, still a red flag. If you yeah. see a flag, do not pass go right? This is going to be a client who's going to cause all kinds of issues. And when you stand in your power, which means you're standing in your worth, then you will be able to attract more abundance. It just opens up the space for universe to say, I gotcha. I'm clear on what it is that you're looking for. I thought you were trying to go after all these kinds of people, but standing yeah. in that faith and that belief in yourself that you are already abundant and you will attract it it's hard. It's hard for people to stay there and to, be- yeah, it's, it's hard. And I can tell you from being a financial writer, it's because every time we turn a corner, there's always some like negative story about money. I mean, it's, it's like, you're, it's like the matrix. You're constantly you like dodging it, it you know, it's, it's like, Oh God, you know, story. it's exactly yeah. it. I had not like correlated it to the money story in terms of having that confidence. And it's not just your money story. It's everybody's money story. Yeah. It's the culture's money story. Right. It's everybody and it's your parents. And that's why I'm saying nobody is exempt from it. So that's why you have to work on, on your own shit basically. And then you won't get triggered by other people's. So I understand it is hard, right? But I can tell you from personal experience, because I've experimented with both these energies, right? The overworking, let me prove myself. Let me do a bunch of extra shit. You know, I need to close this like hustle, (laughs) right? Does not work. Right. And here's my proof. In August, we had, I had a dental emergency. My father had to go to the hospital. Like it was a lot going on in August that like, I could not really like, I couldn't hustle. I could not do it. Highest sales month we've had to date. Well, and I think a lot of that has to do, I mean, with your ability to, you know, and this is one of the things I think you really help your clients with is what is that consistency and predictability? What's because you still have to till the field. Yeah. What's the, and and here, and here's the other one, you know, and I know you do this too, which is you don't always have to be the one tilling the field. And so getting to that place where you're releasing it and that's just a whole other like topic of conversation. Tell me about it. I'm there right now. Tell me about it. Um, I was like, girl, check your damn ego at the door. Like other people can do this, you know, but that's normal as you progress. Right. Well, you just have to be aware of it. And other people love doing this. And if it's not something you want to be doing and I love, I've, I've been hearing this more and more. And I I used to be like, oh, this is such a silly word, but joy. Where's the joy? 
right? Where do you live in joy? And- Kat, this is so synchronistic. I was journaling <laughs> about this this morning. I'm like, I am no longer available for shit that I don't want to do. I've already put in like 11 years of, of really doing all the things, right? right? At some, You read my bio. <laughs> Been there, done all, that. Been there, done that. All that stuff. Yep. All we that had stuff. to hustle nights, weekends, proposals, extra. All the know, things. Learned all the lessons the hard way. The right. Promotion. It's time for other people to start tilling this field. And I get to do things that I love and enjoy, like being on podcasts. I love doing it. Right. But when I do that, I make more money right now. That being said, I want to be very clear because I know that there's a story about here about like only focus on the things that you love. Right. And then the money's going to come in and that's not grounded in reality. I just spent two and a half years building out systems and infrastructure and trainings and God knows what else and training employees. And I didn't like it, but it was going to get me to where I wanted to go so that I could be in joy. There's a difference. Yeah. I mean, look, there's always something we're going to have to do until we don't have to. Right. But I've always said that you have to do it in order to create an appreciation for it. Yep. So you can identify the value. So me, like I hate filing It is a bane of my existence. As soon as I start filing, I forget the alphabet shit goes out of order. I am incapable of filing correctly. And so should I have an office where filing was needed? I would probably pay that person pretty well because I hate it right? But that's the valuation I have in it. But there's other things that we go and we exchange. There is a time for dollar exchange in terms of the activities that we participate in. Do I need to go and organize all my emails and make sure that they're documented and the process is there? Not necessarily. Can I set this structure for it? Absolutely. So that then someone else can step in and they can create it and do it. And then here's here's the thing that most people need to do is budget more time and more money than you anticipated because Mm -hmm. no one's going to be able to do it as well as you initially until they can start doing it better than you. Right. And that's what you're looking for is someone who can do it better than you. Yeah. Like with our associate coach now, I mean, there's some things that she teaches way better than I do. Right. Just naturally already. And then I can train her up on the parts that are missing and she's getting there, you know, it's great. Um, you know, with, with, um, my number two, like she didn't know anything when she came here and I've trained her up over time. And now we're doing the training for the next level of that. Cause I want them growing too, but back to your point about the ego, it's, it's that letting go, yeah. right. It's, it's that, um, and I know a lot of business owners struggle with that. Once you ask me how I know that, right. When you get to that level, because it's like, oh, I've built the baby, but at some point, like you have to realize like your business is separate than you. Mm. Yep. You know, it so is not you. I think that right there, hold on. Cause this, I was talking about this the other day um, because I'm starting to change my philosophy just a little bit because we all can grow as we experience things. So I've always talked about sales. You need to stop making it personal, right? Which yep. is, you know, when you go into the grocery store and you don't buy in the Heinz ketchup, like, do you think the Heinz CEO is sitting in the corner saying, Oh my God, they don't love me. I'm going to fail. No one's going to buy from me ever again. No, what he keeps doing or she right is continue to market so that when that person decides that they need ketchup because they're an adult and they don't always need to buy ketchup, they're going to come and they're going to buy maybe even the organic and they're going to pay a premium because you've been consistent in your marketing. However, there is a little asterisk. I can understand why people take it personally because when you're your business, you are still selling you. Yep. So as a sales expert, what would be your advice to people who are transitioning out of that space, right? Who are building their brand to be beyond themselves and, you know, or like you building a team, how do you help people 
make it less personal. Well, the first step is you have to stop trading your time for money. You have to have an actual product. That's not you. You created the product, but it's not you. Mm. So I did that. That's how I transitioned out of freelancing. I take shit way more personally when I was a freelancer, when I was doing one-on-one work, and then that wasn't going to work for me to make the kind of money in the life I wanted to have. And I was like, well, what if I just took everything I learned from the first business and dump it into a training? Mm -hmm. Right. And it was like video. And then at the time there were like two group coaching calls a week for like six weeks. This was four years ago. Um, and there's a reason why I'm saying that because things change over time. You're not married to them. (laughs) Um, the demands of the consumer. Exactly. Right. And I made $10,000 in cash in two weeks, just having conversations with people in, in my market and people were like, Oh, but you already built a brand. I'm like, yeah, but I was doing a major transition. Like no one knew I was doing this. It's basically like starting from scratch and right. you're going to lose half your audience. And like you go through a whole process. So don't come to me with that one. Right. <laughs> Cause it's basically like starting from scratch when well, you make a pivot like that. It's worse sometimes because now you're creating confusion potentially. In your oh, it's wor- yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now wait, hold on. I thought you were what? Hold- uh, okay. Let me just watch and put the brakes on that. Cause I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> right. But I knew it was what I had to do. And that was the first time where I was like, wait a minute, I just made like way, I made a lot more money in cash, right. For something that I, I don't have to like now go write a bunch of articles for and trade my time. And then a year later I quit all my freelance writing clients. Mm-hmm. And then I had to hire my first employee and then it's been systems for two and a half years. And now we got the next person and now we're training everybody on sales. And then over time, right to your point, like the needs of the consumer change, they wanted a lot of sales training in 2020, a lot because shit hit the fan yep. in 2020. And I had said, man, one good market correction and you will see the difference between marketers and salespeople. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's when the emperor has no clothes. Damn straight. Damn straight. <laughs> Well, and then if you've got capabilities in both of those areas, watch out world, right? This is where you get to leapfrog your competition and be able to start taking more market share and getting that name. That's where you, that's where people look and seem like they're an overnight sensation. That's like what's happening to us. Yeah. They've been doing the work consistently and predictably. I mean, though the tactics might change, the messaging is still on point, right? The needs are, are identified and all that stuff. Now there's one last thing though that we kind of touched on, but you didn't actually like talk about maybe very directly, which, you know, I love this exact topic, which is the concept of proactive sales. Yeah. We talked a little bit, you know, about male, female energy, right. And stuff like that. But you know, what's this proactive sales, because, you know, it can feel aggressive. It can feel, you know, just, yeah. What's, what are your thoughts about that? And like, how do you encourage your clients to be proactive in sales, to jump out of the feminine energy, but not hit that masculine, like, let me hulk out kind of crap. Yeah. So I think number one is we do tell them, yes, you want to build a brand. Yes. You want to have the marketing out there. Yes. All that stuff makes sales easier. It builds rapport. It builds the trust. However, that takes time to build. Yes. It takes a while. So what I tell them to do instead, I'm like, learn how to go out into the marketplace and find your potential clients, learn the art of sales, which is the conversation piece that we were talking about. And then you can use your content that you're creating over time to support the sale. I think I heard you say this, like if you're waiting for your YouTube to like blow up before you can make money, that's like hundreds of thousands of dollars you've lost over a three-year period. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so that's what we teach our clients. We're like, build this content over time learn the art of sales, learn how to put yourself out there, 
right? And then the content that you're creating over time, use that to support the sale. Or guess what? They're going to tell you what content to create anyway. Right. (laughs) Or let's do this. Let's take it to the next level. Can you please just go ahead and do what I call MRIs? It's how you get into your client's head without a technical degree. Market research interviews. Oh my God. Yes. So that's what they want to know about. (laughs) That is the first thing we have people do in persuade to profit. We're doing surveys that are not 50 bajillion questions because that's unnecessary. It's three questions. That's all you need. Right. And number two, the, the interviews, right. And then the interviews, we're also having them go deep and we're like, okay, what are the problems standing in the way of them fixing the problem? Right. Right. Cause you need to know that for sales. That's what the, yeah. Like there's just so much there. <laughs> there's so much, right. But we will have people coming to us who've done a bunch of programs. There's no market research that has been done whatsoever. Or the market research is stuff is like, what color lipstick are they wearing? I'm like, are they, are you selling lipstick? Then it doesn't fucking matter. Right. Or what would you pay for this? That is irrelevant. They will pay whatever. So long as the value is there. Yep. It's, it's amazing how many people resist this. And here's the thing. Because it's not sexy too established to do market research. If you're not constantly doing market research as part of your business, billion dollar companies still do market research. Yes. Right. Like you are not too good to ever figure out what will serve your client better. Yes. And that's part of my resistance to teaching people in my organization to do sales. Cause sales for me is all, I mean, yes, I'm getting money, but it's also market research. So I'm like, Oh my God, if I let this go, like, I'm not going to thank you. You just helped me have a major aha moment that I will take to my team training where it's like, Oh, but if my finger is not on the pulse, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm glad this was mutually beneficial. Um, so what would be some activities that you would bucket underneath proactive sales? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, Instagram and LinkedIn are super hot, right? So I mean, sales navigator, like it doesn't get any easier than sales navigator on LinkedIn because the filter, the search filters that you can do are just insane. Assuming you actually know who your audience is. Right. And then you can start. Pause, pause. That land. (laughs) Because there are multiple six figure businesses, even, and I've seen million dollar businesses who still haven't dialed that shit in. Yeah. No, I mean, we do it all the time. Like we will have um, people who they already have six figure businesses. I'm like, and they're like, I already know. I'm like, doesn't matter. We're going through this process again. And then we make like three tweaks and they double their sales. There we go. Um, so active reach outs content, I think was something that active reach outs um, using the content to support the sale follow up. Oh my God. Follow up. I'm going to have to like, have you come back and like Please. do a little bit about the systems and processes. Really. Yeah sales specifically because yeah follow up that right there like needs to be our next conversation that needs to be its own separate thing we have a whole module just on that we've had people in our program tell us that they've worked with other business coaches who told them that if they were a no on the phone don't even bother following up oh yeah no this is real i hear the craziest shit cat like okay yeah we're gonna do that so (laughs) (laughs) you've been amazing i mean you've given some I mean, behind the scenes access, huge gold nuggets, things that you're training your, with your private clients on. So I super appreciate you bringing that. How can people, and I know you have more, that's the thing. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about, you know, how they could be more effective with their sales process and really kind of claiming more of that abundance that's already within them. 
Yeah. So two things, right? One, we do have a script, right? That people can use for those of you who are just like, just give me the script. We have a script and we broke down why the script works, right? So you can text the word script to 833-321-0314. It's the exact same script that we teach our clients in Persuade to Profit. Um, And to give you an idea, uh, we had someone that they used that script and they were closing like $14,000 sales. Yep. And it's only a page. There you go. It's only a page, right? The next place um, is our free Facebook group because we do complimentary marketing and sales trainings in there once a week. Me and my team do it. So we've covered everything from product development to how to get PR from my past life as a writer, you know, to um, follow up. Actually, we have a whole one just on follow up. So you could text the word join to 833-321-0314. Perfect. Awesome. That'll get you access to those things that will be in the show notes for you guys to be able to leverage. I highly recommend it. I've had my eyes on that stuff. It's amazing. Um, definitely worth your time and worth the, I mean, the biggest investment, which is a time investment because yep. again, the true measure of success is mastery of time. Um, Amanda, you've been so amazing. Any parting words that you'd like to share? Yeah, I think the parting word I would like to have is make that commitment. I want to drive this point home to mastering the skill right? If you do that, all that emotional charge about the money, all the charge about seeing dollar signs on people, you'll allow yourself room to make mistakes, right? Because you need to make the mistakes. So really make that the focus and not the money. And I find that that helps people move that charge. And then you just make money as a result. I love it. Let's create that ease and flow in our business by just showing, changing up a little bit of how we show up. You've been again, amazing. Thank you so much. I would love to have you back again to talk more about sales. Um, and guys, make sure you go check out that, um, the, that, those freebies, uh, absolutely worth your time. Thanks for having me. Thanks.